0: Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. We're a drinking podcast. we the comic book problem. Shit the shit
1: out of it. No, we we can
0: was creepy as fuck but
2: yeah i hate that i lets let you guys know that i'm recording you now The bummer it did that before i know but like it was always fun to like start it right in the middle of adam saying something horrible no, oh
1: i, I, I can change so that's just a setting on my zoom like
3: i could change that <laughs> no Why it's would not you necessary do that? <laughs> that's
0: just me yeah no, to, but then you
2: can catch me saying stupid shit like more stupid shit than i normally do so i know right yeah yeah well i just said it in front of a bunch of people so you know and so did you actually
0: yay well i mean yeah. that's that was my job the last three Days was going up on stage and saying stupid shit. So, I'm, I'm so
1: sad today. I missed it.
0: Oh my so gosh! D- so two of my panels went so fucking off the rails. Oh my god! It's that delayed. that's that Star Tours panel was painful until you oh, started talking.
2: That was that was one of the lesser of going off the rails. Actually,
3: I went to his on Thursday. He had three panels Thursday, and I was able to attend those. And and two oh yeah, of them the day I had a off the fucking rails. <laughs> the off heavy the metal, rails. metal one. I did not understand.
2: So so, okay, yeah, so the panels that we were supposed to do, and this, I don't know, we'll record this and maybe I'll throw it in as a special feature or something. So I did this heavy, well, the first one I did was um, music, music.
3: as a character.
2: Music as a character, which there was some guy on the end. Who's very, who,
3: thought a lot of himself.
2: He thought a lot of himself. He liked to uh, wax poetic about what he mm-hmm. thought was important. And his pinnacle of movie music, as, as music as a character in a film, his pinnacle was Paddington Bear 2. No. He, yes. He came wait, wait, back wait, multiple. I'm sorry.
1: Times. I, I I that is so nowhere where I thought you were. Going. I know, right?
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> and like at first you thought, well, that's weird. And then he kept going back to it and going back to it. Like as I described earlier, in Paddington Two. They also do this. This is like, what the fuck is going on with Paddington Two? And so one of the other panelists after the fact, like just like sent me a message on Facebook, being like, oh, it's really nice to meet you, and you you did a great job. And I was like, oh, thanks. I just and then I wrote back. I'm like, I just feel like I didn't know enough about paddington too um and she <laughs> laughed at her, so i was like holy shit so like there was that one and like i'm sitting next to the moderator and like time is running out they're cutting us off and this guy is still going still talking oh and then they had this yeah that so that was that was really the, the big like there was other weird things and then the second one was supposed to be heavy metal on horror music right which yeah. turned into the moderator <sighs> talking about what bands he He's, knew he was in for a little while before they supposedly became famous um yeah he does and,
3: that. and what heavy metal music videos they made in his bedroom.
2: Yes. And like showed like some of the goriest music videos. I'm like, first off, this is horror movies and heavy metal. Not heavy metal, horror movie style music videos. That's a totally different animal. That's a different thing entirely. But he showed one of them that was just like overly gory. Yeah. My sweet Mormon family was in the audience. <laughs> like, oh God, why are they watching Okay,
1: that's not the best one for them to attend, I feel.
2: No, but God for being so supportive. Um, And then, um, and then he decides he's going to show A music video that they shot in his bedroom for $500 shows the entire Music video. video because they're Supposed to be a big surprise ending Which is the dumbest thing I've Ever seen in my entire life but like literally Played the entire video for A mediocre at best song um, Yeah it was those were the two that got Real off the rails um, so yeah Adam the 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 Star Wars or, or Star Tours panel that did Not nearly go off the rails like the rest of my Weekend had been
0: yeah so the Star Tours one was uh 35 years of star tours so the moderator literally spent i'm not i'm not being facetious the first 20 minutes reading the history of star tours off like the wikipedia page yes yeah and then finally brian spoke up because he's like oh i can say things now about yeah. disneyland and then it became interesting and like uh the audience members were coming up asking questions and you i don't know if you saw it or not but that moderator was pissed at you because oh really it took, oh yeah the, he kept on trying to bring it back to himself and like you wouldn't you didn't you weren't being like overbearing but people just were interested in what you had to say. So yeah. he just said, well, like, Yeah, because so you worked there
1: <laughs> <laughs> for 14 years. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, it's the thing of uh, whatever. Some of these people, they drive me crazy. Yeah.
0: And so, what's funny is Scott, the guy next to you, he's the president of the UFCA and he's like uh-huh. the guy who wrote the Disneyland book. Yeah. So I saw him the day before and I was like, Oh, I'm really excited for your uh, Star Tours panel. My buddy's on there and he's got a secret that he'll tell you when he's on the panel. I think you'll be happy with it and then he's like oh my god like he worked at disneyland like he was all freaked out about that too oh really but yeah he because he's like the world's biggest as brian young is to star wars he's like that to disneyland like he is an well, the funny
2: person. thing is like he didn't really talk to me like i sat next to him and he like me and john uh smith were like chatting up quite a bit but like I'm like i knew i was sort of taking it off a little bit but then i tried to bring it back as well so like i thought i was trying to be a very conscientious panel member and not like veer too much away from the, the no, whole, no you were fine
0: I didn't but he just he got pissed,
3: pissed
0: me, well yeah if you could have seen his face like he just was because the the spotlight was off of him and that's what he oh. wanted you know there are those moderators who have to make it all about themselves yeah um now that being said though my moon night one was amazing it was standing room only uh it was just absolutely incredible we had two psych- uh, psychologists on the panel um oh and Lena, so you know it was uh moon night and mental health and pop culture so it was so cool we had lots of good stuff going on I'm um, so
1: sad that I didn't I should have flown out for this I since I had to be here anyway. So, yeah. fuck. but
0: the guy, uh, was, so I was on uh, two panels and the same guy on both of them, he got the audio for the Moon Knight one. So, as soon as I get it, I can send it out to you. Yeah. Cool.
1: Okay,
0: good. That's cool. But uh, yeah, the next day, uh, all, all over the con, people were coming up and were like, oh my God, like I'm a mental health professional and that panel is amazing. So, it was kind of cool for me. And then the second one was uh, video games made into movies and TV shows. <laughs> and Which so I was trying to make and I totally missed. Miss. Oh, you're fine. I, I yeah. didn't see yours. So, yeah. But everyone started hating on uncharted because tom holland was cast as nathan drake and he's too young for the role so then the running gag the rest of the panel was oh if, if something's being uh cast it's it's tom holland so the very very end uh, this guy came up and he's like oh did you guys hear about like the peter jackson tetris trilogy i'm like what is it all the tetris blocks walking for three movies to throw a ring in a volcano yeah and without missing a beat the person next to me she's like and they're all played by tom holland and that <laughs> ended the panel <laughs> I, it was the most perfect ending to a panel I've ever had.
2: So it, was, yeah.
3: it was so much fun.
2: Um, yeah, on, yeah, on the uh, on the Disney panel, I had a bad habit from this show creep up. <laughs> um, where uh, someone they were talking about, we were talking about the different iterations of uh, Star Tours and he ta- he called it Star Tours Two, and I just immediately out of gut instinct, mm-hmm. came for him with Electric Boogaloo. Yes. I like, just could not keep myself from <laughs> doing it, and I was like, I had to apologize. Like Sorry, I felt bad because it was such a rant. like such a bad habit. Like, was, like you, shit. you know what?
1: I'm glad that it happened because. <laughs> (laughs) because. Because, you know, after two trips with Brian between New York and France, every time Christopher said, hey, look, it's a Starbucks... Brian immediately said, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. And if you ever walk around New York City, you know that Starbucks are plenty. Yeah. So we heard, I heard, oh my, my God, so, yeah, across the street from each other. There's yeah. one on one side of the avenue and there's one on the other there's
0: side. There's like a Starbucks inside the Starbucks. Oh,
1: yeah. God. It's just like, well, and then we went to the, like, the roastery downtown near near Chelsea Market and everything. And, like, that one was actually really cool. But yeah. if you ever walked around New York City, you know that there are plenty, there are a pl- you know, plentiful amount of Starbucks. So yes. for three days, I heard constantly, <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's a Starbucks." Oh, oh thank God! Yeah, oh, fucking hate you both. <laughs> so
0: I also have a fun you love story, and you
2: know it.
0: <laughs> so Brian, you didn't get to meet my friend from work because she was in line for uh, photo ops forever because it was long uh-huh. line. But she got a photo with Charlie Hunnam, who's like her favorite actor in the world yeah and apparently if you do a photo op at comic-con you walk up you smile click go walk up smile click go he was chatting people up for 15 or 20 seconds that was taking his line so long Uh but she was so starstruck like he walked up he's like hey sweetheart how are you and she's like sarah which is her name (laughs) and then like the the picture i'll send it to you the picture like she's like they're like hugging each other and her hands down but it looks like she's giving him a hand job
1: so it was like (laughs) I'll, I'll,
0: i'll put it in the group chat but now it's like he put it on facebook and immediately it's like it's become a meme now it's it's wonderful. But uh yeah, I'll send yeah. you the picture because she was so just like starstruck. But um overall, it was it was a really fun con. I mean, I'm not, we're not going to talk about it on air in case people listen, but uh Brian, you and I kind of figured out why things were a bit wonky this year. Um
2: Well, I mean, that was Carrie's uh Carrie theory, told me, I think, yeah.
0: Well, no, yeah, he told think, me about what it, happened, and I kind of put the theory together myself.
2: Oh, gotcha. And like, I think, okay, so I think you're accurate on that. Anyway. Well, we can, yeah. Yeah, we offline. Uh, anyway, hey, and welcome to another episode of Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. You either just heard a long introduction to the this episode of us talking about fan Comic-Con or we recorded that and I'll release it as like a extra special something or other at some other point in time,
1: well so. and when he says fanex at- when he says fanex Comic-Con he means the one in Salt
2: Lake City the, the because they're yeah.
1: there are Fan-Xs in like everywhere
2: now well like, they just bought one, three of them like or two two more two of them there's
1: yeah. w- there's one in Boston I know that much there's
2: a fanex in Boston there's
1: fanex oh, in Boston no,
2: yeah I want to say they there's
0: bought like St Louis and it might have been Boston Austin, I don't remember, but they did buy two of them, so.
2: I want to say that, I thought, yeah, okay, I'll have to look into it. You mean if I cared FanX, enough, I would look it up.
0: X formerly known as Salt Lake Comic Con? The Con yes. formerly
2: known as? Which, this year, more than any other year, I saw people wearing Salt Lake Comic Con t-shirts, like old ones. Mm-hmm. I was sort of surprised by it.
0: Well, because so. San Diego can't sue them, so. Well, yes.
2: Uh, anyway, so, we are continuing our Halloween month. Uh, this week, we are reading Black Magic by Greg Rucka, illustrated by Nicholas Scott. <laughs> um, we basically have a, she's a cop. She's a witch she's a witch cop um and (laughs) she's too old for that shit (laughs) yes she
1: is Oh, Jesus. Okay. My job go now ahead. Is
2: to invent taglines. That's. Uh, we'll see if I can figure this one out. Okay. So uh, we have with us Lena. We hello. have Todd. We have Adam. Yep. And we have uh, Dan, I am Brian. Hey, how are you? Uh, so, Mister Adam, what is our cocktail for this week?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. So this week is called "I Put a Spell on You." Uh, you're going to use uh, two and a half ounces of black vodka, three quarter ounces of lime juice, three quarter ounces of simple syrup. You'll also need some Wilson edible pearl dust powder. Uh, you're going to put all the liquid ingredients.
2: What the fuck do you buy that?
0: Like any kind of of like cakes, like any bakery store, Walmart, we've talked about this before. Okay, yes, you're yeah.
2: right. Okay, <clears throat>
0: so put all the uh liquid ingredients into an ice filled shaker, shake the shit out of it in a chilled martini glass. You add a pinch of the pearl dust powder, you strain the drink into it, and you stir so it gets all like pearly, and then you garnish
2: with a black cherry.
3: Okay, cherry lime. I like yeah, that. sounds pretty good. Yeah,
2: it's simple, but you know, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Lena, what is your drinking game rule for this week?
1: Um, are we watching Sabrina? Are we reading Sabrina? Uh, <laughs> so, um, every so they start off everything and i just feel like they're like thank you heavenly like i it just had a very much a sabrina the teenage witch the new one the chilling Mm -hmm. adventures not the yeah not the old like 50s archie comics but or even the one with with um melissa joan hart because yeah that definitely wasn't uh chilling (laughs) adventures but this definitely had like a sabrina has two sides of her life and they're starting to come they're starting to merge type of thing so every time you're like Am I reading Sabrina? Sabrina take take a drink.
3: So, yeah. Okay. Uh Todd, magic makes the world colorful. Okay. God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> The book is primarily in uh, Shades of Grey, unless uh, spells being cast, and then you've got swirly magic, colorful things going on. Take a drink. Okay. Adam,
0: do you need me to give you a minute to look for a new one? If I can find a new one, because that was mine was going to be called One Does Want But a Hint of
2: Color. Um, ah. Well, mine is going to be called uh, The Bells of Notre Dame. Every time you see a dong, uh, there are a few nude males in here. When you see that,
3: take a drink. So, uh, and Let's talk about, so Rucka and Nicholas Scott work together on a lot of previous projects, Uh but the illustrator Nicholas Scott's, one of her most famous cheesecake photos is uh, Nightwing's ass. Oh, that's her. This is her. Ooh. So when people say it's like, oh, the objectification of women in comics, which is absolutely true, Nicola keeps it very even handed with the objectification of men. Because you see that yeah. which
1: I am a fan. Because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't because here's the thing, it's not in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like the picture's there, and then it's and it's and it's not like all his dong. It's right, you yeah. know, so but it, it it did make me happy because. I was like okay okay I'm I get it. Like, I don't need to see, the, I don't need to see his peen, but like, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that it's not, it's not sexualized. It's yeah. not like, it, so I, yeah, I quite, I quite
2: appreciated it. I point. mean, while we're discussing that scene, the only yeah. thing I would say is mildly gratuitous is the fact that, did we need to know that that character had taken a shower in his hotel room? I mean, we're we also seeing a shower. I'm just saying, no. it, it, it didn't necessarily feed into the plot. I'm not complaining about it. And I agree. I think it's to have, you know, equal representation of, you know, female and male gays in a comic book. I'm not going to complain about that at all. It was just oddly placed. It was sort of as oddly placed as, like, Halle Berry's nude scene in Starfish or Swordfish. Yep. Like, just like, hi, I'm going to be topless Fuck. reading a book, I'm going to plop yeah. them out, and I'm going to cover them back up. Like, it She got strange. paid, like,
0: $50,000 per boob for that scene. Okay. No, they did. Like, they paid her extra for the topless no. scene.
2: Oh, yeah. I know they did. It just, I don't know. It's well,
0: see, awesome. what was interesting about this is what, uh, back when we were, I was still doing the Board is Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Uh, hi,
2: Andy. Hey hi, Andy.
0: Andy. So, when we did X Men Apocalypse, uh, very famously, Olivia Munn was Psylocke and she had like the boob window. Yeah. Right. So, we were uh, advocating for uh, Michael Fassbender's Magneto to have a peen window. Uh, <laughs> You need to just see the V. Yeah, exactly. But right. um, that didn't happen. But yeah, um, that's how it goes. <clears throat> but no, so the only thing go. I will say about this too is that the uh, yeah, it was you know just the guys walking naked, but it also it didn't feel gratuitous. It just kind of felt like oh he's walking to put clothes on. It didn't feel oh, like it was yeah. there to be sexual.
2: Well, yeah, and, like there is um, also early on they're doing that like séance circle thing, and there are <laughs> Jesus Christ, you didn't turn your phone off? Yeah, which I think yeah. is a great moment
3: actually. <laughs> that was um, wonderful yeah, to start over
2: again. <laughs> yeah, which that is very chilling. Subra- adventure of Sabrina, but like there is like equal opportunity male and female nudity and that and I'm like yeah they're all there in the woods to do a ceremony but
1: with that said the thing I like about it is while there is nudity none of it is sexualized it is not there to be a like you notice like side boob and some bush but it's not it's not the focus of what's going on but it's setting the stage of like they're all in robes obviously Mm -hmm. they're naked out in the woods it's whole pagan thing i'm sure like i don't yeah. really have a whole background on paganism but like it doesn't none of it feels sexualized which i feel like was why it didn't bother me at all in this is that yeah. it's not of a sexual it's not objectifying anyone yeah. um for that reason
0: yeah it, it kind of reminded me of the nudity in Westworld on hbo because it's like it's very clinical it's like so there's because like you know the robots you have know, spoiler alert yeah. kind of thing but when they have a robot and they're working. And it's fully nude, like it feels like you're looking at like an operating table. So it doesn't feel like oh that they're like you said to titillate or you know be sexual. It's just like no, this is just it's a body. Bodies have parts, and seeing them doesn't mean it's like a nude drawing. It's not pornography. It's actually just a picture of a person kind of thing. So
2: yeah, I actually, I mean, since we seem to be on the topic of nudity, yeah, I just I had an interest. I don't remember what I was watching. I was watching some TV show the other day, and I was I was a TV show. It was on Hulu. (laughs) Calm the fuck down. <laughs> but um I was just thinking about the fact that like with the way attitudes especially on like television and streaming television have changed and nudity why do I keep saying it like that uh <laughs> nudity has sort of uh become far more commonplace I feel like culturally we're kind of catching up with Europe and acceptance of that there's a lot more people sitting there going like wait we can blow somebody's face off but we can't show tits you know what I mean like or we can't show a loving couple expressing that love like that's you know you know, anyway, so I find that interesting. And I, I like, as I see it more and more and I'm like, you know, maybe in a couple of years, we might catch up to France to a certain extent and just sort of go, Oh, it's a body and we're going to move on. No, I doubt that's not going to happen no. because, yeah. because here's the whole thing.
0: Puritanism.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the eighties, a PG 13 movie would have porky tits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, you're airplane. you're, you're airplane. talking about yeah. tons of PG 13 movies that had partial nudity in it. Mm-hmm. And now you would never, Ever as soon as there's any kind of anything is immediately an R rating. I mean, they wanted to put an NC seventeen rating on Blue Valentine because he goes down on her because yeah, yeah. there's a scene of orals, not the other way. Because yeah. obviously that's that really would fine, fine. Yeah. But because he goes down on her, immediately they were like NC seventeen, and it's like why? Yeah. So yeah, with that, I it, you bring up the whole um, the whole nudity thing, but all I keep thinking is. One of one of my favorite comedians is Burt Kreischer. You guys have oh, ever yeah. seen him? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He does all of his stand up with no shirt on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I fucking love it. It is my favorite thing because he walks out in a shirt and he takes it mm-hmm. off before he starts talking. And the first time I showed my mother because we I, he does this whole skit on his on his daughters and everything, and it's like my favorite thing ever. But is I was this showing a her party. Yes. my favorite yes love (laughs) love it and if anyone who's listening if you haven't it's on netflix it's uh hey big boy it's period party it's freaking wonderful actually all of his specials are fucking hysterical um but i was sure she was like he has no shirt on is this like his thing and i was like yes and i'm like and you know what i am totally okay with it i was like not only that about five minutes in you totally forget that this man is walking around with no Mm -hmm. shirt on so it is it is very interesting i remember Remember watching god this was when i was still in college but we um we watched this like history of porn documentary but mm-hmm. it was hosted by i forget her name katie something was the porn star and she hosted it fully nude uh-huh. mm-hmm. and and again at the beginning you're like what the hell is going on here and 5 minutes in you yeah. totally forget that she has the yeah. clothes on you it yeah. just doesn't phase you anymore so mm-hmm. it is really it, when you don't sexualize something and you just it's just there and it just you don't notice it so yeah. because we're so puritanical about like hiding everything and not showing we actually have made it worse
3: than oh, yeah. it
2: should be <laughs> so oh, yeah being raised as a Mormon kid and exposed Shoulder, <laughs> holy fuck That was like ankle to an Amish kid Like, it's wild <laughs> Like, even now that we're back in in, uh, in Utah, Ellen is always like Am I okay to wear a tank top to your yeah. parents' house? And I'm like, yeah, you'll be Things have changed a little bit since I lived here but, uh, Yeah, It's it's very funny
0: So, so. two quick things uh, So, if you want to see a really interesting thing about movies There's a documentary called This Film Is Not Yet Rated and was It's about the whole, yeah, the whole process How the MPAA rates movies and everything else And there is a scene in there about the fact that, yeah, any kind of male sexuality is fine, but if you have any kind of female sexuality, though, like, so in the film, um, oh, uh, boys don't cry. There's Mm -hmm. a scene where he goes down on a girl, and when he comes up, he kind of wipes his chin off, and they gave it an NC-17 for that scene, and they had to, like, edit or cut around it. Uh, No, a funny story is, with South Park, is that they kept on getting it sent back, sent back, sent back with an NC-17. So, I think they went through, like, 30 or 40 different times to where they actually kept on putting in worse and worse things. Things and it got to the point they just gave up. They're like, "Fine, fuck it. We don't care. Just take <laughs> it." So they actually put in stuff that was more offensive than what they originally had. And in fact, even the name of the movie itself is offensive because it's bigger, longer, yeah. and uncut. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing is interesting. Going back to like the European way of viewing, you know, sexuality is. I went and saw the movie Zodiac. Fantastic movie. It's a, It's about the Zodiac killer. Very, very in depth. With uh, uh, Mark uh,
2: Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo and about uh, like uh, Robert, Robert, Robert Jr. Downey Jr. Yeah, that's a picture yeah, is Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. And, Gyllenhaal in that mm-hmm. too, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. It's it's kind of pretty damn good cast. Yeah, it's a good cast, They're
0: well directed. I mean, they were uh, exact to the point that they made sure they were using the exact brand of pencils in the police station that they used back in the seventies when they were mm. investigating it. Uh, but I wanted to read the book, so I went to Barnes and Noble, and this dude who was uh, ringing me up, he was British, and he's like, "Oh, how's the movie? My kids want to go see it." And and I, it was so funny because I was like, "Oh, there's a lot of violence in it, but there's no like nudity or sex." And he starts laughing at me. I'm like, well, He's like, "You Americans, you're totally fine with the violence, but you're not good with." perfectly natural that is the human body. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of, like, was the first time someone had said that to me, and I just stood back for a second and I was like, you know what, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, we all probably will see a titty one
2: day, but hopefully you don't see someone get stabbed in the back, so. Yeah. So. That sounds about Anyway. Right. Black magic. Black magic. Black magic. Rowena. Rowena. So, Todd, you originally recommended this. What are your
3: thoughts on this? So, I did recommend it. I'm, one of my favorite authors is Greg Rucka, who wrote this, and he did a lot of DC stuff, but uh, he's done a lot of independent. Lazarus is another great series he's done as well, Queen and Country. Mm-hmm. whatnot. So but Black Magic is um his take on Law and Order, except Olivia Benson is a witch. Benham. Yeah. Yeah, right. So that's what's going on here. Is um what I really enjoyed about it and was recommending it is they were playing with the art style. The there's fairly high detail while color has been really scaled back and reserved.
2: Well, and like looking at it too, this first trade uh-huh. um is very, very black and white. Like you don't get a whole time. Of color right. until towards the end and then like I was sort of flipping through your copy which is like The whole story and like there's Definitely a bit more colors you get later on but Right I, and I felt like this was A good start to a story And I'm interested to see where it goes mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like this on its own Was like enough for me like I wanted To wanted to see more um, and, and figure out what was actually going on
3: Sure 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 so for the um, issues that we Did read is he did not write it for A single trade and oh, obviously yeah. just Building it up yeah so right so he was doing this but um, the main character Rowena is a cop who's a very competent cop and you later learn as though a witch has let her witchy skills um, atrophy a bit. Yeah. And she looks like she's getting sucked back in and all of her uh, co-workers at work are clueless about her other life or why that she's a cop in a giant house. Yeah. Right? That's what's really interesting about it here. So it's just, um I recommend this book. I enjoy it but it was by the strength of the creators is what really drew it to me the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is showing a methodical buildup yeah, of okay. things going on. So this isn't trying to. Um, it's got stuff going on, but this has a slow burn and a slow build. Yeah. As the depth is being added layer after layer. Interesting. So as it's and it also is exploring multiple relationships because she's got a relationship with her partner. Yes. Which is a different from the relationship with her coven. Yeah. Which is different from other relationships she has as well.
2: Speaking of the relationship with her partner, and mm-hmm. I wanted to see if anybody else got this. When they're originally. T- talking it almost felt like he talked to her as if they were dating mm-hmm. and then you find out he's married and she's friends with the wife right and for a minute i thought is she dating the couple like is that a thing I got like, that, does too, that yeah. yeah does that become a thing later or am i reading something in there that's not there uh not that i'm
3: aware of okay so and even the collected edition i have is the first three trades the fourth trade has been released mm. and it is due for i think this thing is scheduled to go for 30 issues but mm-hmm. they work on this um, they're both busy creators and this is their their spare time book, yeah. So it, that's it's how much Moon Knight I read in two days, <laughs> so, yeah. So this is their spare time book, so it goes through big gaps before they get an arc in, mm-hmm. and then they'll do a whole arc before releasing it out, yeah. And then they'll do it, so it'll go two years between issues like 18 and then 19 and 24. will go mm-hmm. kind of a deal and then just run that way, okay. So, but no, the uh, it treated seriously, right? I mean, there was funny, I say funny gags. You have the cell phone going off, yeah, and you've got these human moments going on. But it's it's treating things fairly seriously, yeah, as mm-hmm. what it is. But as a horror side and everything else, and it's not no super saiyan stuff is really going on in here, yeah, no, so, for sure, yeah. That was the idea, and it was of a because I had recommended a bunch of these books. I was going for where do we things that have a horror Halloween, you know, October thing that are quite different from one another that still meet this thing,
2: yeah. So cool, uh, Lena, what are your thoughts?
1: I really liked this book, which I wasn't expecting, so Todd, kudos, <laughs> yeah. No, um, I the make up for
2: Rover Red Charlie. Nothing will make yeah, up. that.
1: well, no, <laughs> no. Isn't that the guy that needs Jesus?
2: Yes, so no, that's
3: cross that needs Jesus.
0: No, but Ennis did. He did Rover Red Charlie, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, same, is, yeah, yeah,
3: the yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. He, needs he needs Jesus. Yes, he needs Jesus.
1: Yeah. So no, that doesn't. Nothing will make up for that. And neither does Cross. So both you and Adam are on. You ended up thing. liking it more than.
0: You gave it like a B minus or something, didn't you? Yeah,
1: and that's because it wasn't killing dogs. Anyway. <laughs> it is what it is anyway so um no they just played biscuit okay i don't need to remember anything about that book it was terrible talk about the book you do like so i liked this uh i we talked about the whole non-sexualization even with Mm -hmm. the nudity going on in it which i very much appreciated and todd you keep calling her rowena but i thought her name was rowan am i wrong
0: I thought it was Rowan, she too. Did. I thought it was Ronan too. No, Ronan's a samurai.
1: No, not Rowan. No, Ro- Rowan. Rowan. W. Yeah. <laughs> it's R O W A N. I thought it was Rowan.
3: Yeah, it's Rowan. Open to being wrong.
1: So, um, I I really liked this. I uh I thought that the the art style and everything had um it just was a cool kind of look and feel. Um, even when she goes in to deal with the guy who tries to light her on fire because she's a which who is rowan white which i thought was funny um because mm-hmm. her name is rowan black uh yeah. i thought it was interesting that he's like you know you have to get undressed and everything and even then nothing you know she's here in her underwear and it's still not sexual in any way her socks yeah. are still on it's not like skimpy underwear yeah. or anything it's That's so true it, Mm-hmm. it definitely still had this like yes she's she's undressed but it's not because we want you to like get off on looking at her it's because it falls in line with what he's trying like what he wants mm-hmm. to like what's going on and so it was the one thing I did really like was that everything in here just it didn't feel like they were trying to um, objectify anyone regardless mm-hmm. of who they were which I very much appreciate i did get the whole thing with the the partner but i also feel like like at the beginning but then as soon as he was like you know you only get sweet and she's like what about your wife and he's like okay you and my wife only get sweet everybody else gets spicy Mm -hmm. and i thought that was cute but it it, Mm -hmm. it also sounds like they've been partners forever so i yeah. just feel like it just doesn't feel that crazy to for them to have the
2: verbiage is what i think threw me off it was like calling her sweetie or something like that i don't remember there was like a sort of a, a, a pet name that felt more romantic than a partner i don't it was early on it was like when he first talked to her after that first meeting um mm-hmm but that was that was where i think i picked up more of that
3: right because you do have this part and it is rowan i was wrong the um, what's interesting is so they've been partners for a while and then there's concepts you know i've got a work husband i've got a work wife mm-hmm. and then your partners there and there's they often talk about how partners can get a very close relationship even if it is just platonic mm-hmm. and it is across and it is a male and female and it's can you share i guess the question is is do you believe that you can have maybe or not as these uh platonic close work friendships that go really <laughs> Deep and healthy I think you can. No,
2: well, I mean I've had. I mean sure. I had a friend I was working with at Disney, uh, Amanda, who was flat out my work wife. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. worked together all the time. And yes, yeah. yeah, so totally 100% platonic. And yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Well,
1: and that's so. and that's. I mean, I guess I I guess because I also am of the the type of girl that a vast majority of my friends are of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. um, and only two of which are homosexual. Well, three. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> right. I well I I well no. I count Andrew and Christopher as a unit at this point, but. <laughs> <laughs> um... Which is so in reality, Adam, you were one of the original two. But okay, then I was yeah. like, I should probably separate Christopher and Andrew in that, but because they're a unit. But um, but I guess for me it's like, I don't know, I call everybody honey and you know, whatever. So I yeah. just don't really I didn't really see too much in the like the closeness. It yeah. sounds more like um like quips or anything. Like he's like, Where mm-hmm. he goes, What do you mean afternoon? And she's like, I'm meeting a friend for coffee. Don't be jealous or anything. Like, I guess <laughs> yeah. that's how I
2: read it,
3: where it was like, "Oh,
0: don't worry," you know. It's, yeah, that, it's that yeah. like we'll complicated Find what actually threw so. me off, but yeah. Okay. Well, cool, and that's kind of how I am. I've got you know, so one of my buddies at one of my stores, he's uh, he's gay, and actually, I was the I was the witness at his wedding, which is kind of cool. Uh, he got married a couple weeks ago because he and his partner husband now wanted to make sure they could get married before it gets taken away. Different conversation. Um, but like, yeah, when when he's at, when we're at work and we're like just having like walking on talking, like he bumps into me and like makes fun of me. It's almost like it feels like flirting but we also have such a strong friendship that it's not because obviously I've got a partner he's got a partner um and then if I need to step in and actually do my job like it's it's a very serious conversation but you can have those fun moments with people without it being sexual or without it being like anything you can be intimate without romance I guess is what I'm I'm thinking mm. of that, so
1: yeah and that's kind of where I I saw their their relationship um I also I will say the ending where she's saving her friend from the what is that thing called a pensive it was one what it's called in or Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. yeah. That's basically what it is that she like shoves her face into and saves mm-hmm. her friend. Um, When it went back and they're like, she's ready. She just needs to be pushed. I'm like, okay, fuck. I think I need to read the next one, which <laughs> you all know. I am very clear where I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Right. I-, I will say I totally understood everything that was going on in this book. So yay. <laughs> um, hey. I know. So, but, you know, I'm usually like, I don't, you know, it's one and done, I'm done. But this one actually had me really interested that I'm like, I kind of want to read the next trade and Mm -hmm. see what the fuck is happening here. Because it is very interesting how her, the two sides of her life are starting to converge. And I quite enjoyed it. I, for somebody who is not a big fan of like horror or anything, this has more of a like true
3: crime with witches Kind of mm-hmm, feel to mm-hmm. it So mm-hmm. if that's your bag You'll like this I think Awesome And a little bit Back with Raka uh, Raka has a history Of writing uh, Strong female characters I mean he's a Creator of Batwoman mm-hmm. Didn't he Old do Stumptown? He did Stumptown He did Town. Stumptown yes. He did Batwoman He did the <coughs> Look Old at Guard. you Knowing really Wonder Woman <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right Yeah <laughs> He did the Hecatea Didn't he Yep The Hecatea that was That's one of my favorite books We've ever done That's a fantastic yeah. book Expensive so, to yeah. buy But
3: fantastic Right And Lazarus They reprinted by the way It's cheaper now Oh yeah. good yeah. Queen and country I mean When it down Yeah His protagonist Has a tendency To be a female Yeah Be a female You're like that be yeah. a
1: female a, fe- a female That doesn't feel like pandering to This Memphis. like Male gaze Well Yeah But it, it, it's very much That they are female and they are strong but it's not like and they're men, they hate men right, or yeah. they're using no. their sexuality to get everything that they need like it it is very much a Real woman and a real strong woman, mm-hmm. and not some kind of stereotype or caricature that yeah. um, that panders to one audience or another. So I quite like that.
0: So my thoughts on this, you guys have already summed up all my thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with my one complaint. Uh, sure, is that as much as we, you know, this is not meant to be a contained story. You know, most time when we get a, a trade, uh, it's a story arc that gets completed. We'll say so. This does make me want to go read more, and that, as I've always said, is one of the highest compliments I can give a book because I'm really invested in the characters. I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> if I wouldn't have had to have read, you know, 20 years of Moon Knight in two days, I would have actually gone and read more. Um, <laughs> but I guess I first I thought, okay, because it's world building. But then as I think about it, it didn't really do much world building in the sense that, okay, she's a cop and there's witches. It wasn't like we were creating this different place that doesn't exist. I mean, witches, witches, whatever you want to believe about that. Um, so it, it didn't feel like there was a lot of world building. Now a lot happened. Don't get me wrong, but it, it kind of felt like it could have had more of a wrap up at the end. And I always go back to this because this is our a plus book was, was wicked and divine because at the end mm-hmm. of the first trade, hey, okay, we want to go read more, and I, I did. I, after we recorded, I went and read like all the books because um, it does the world building, and then it has a finale. But then there's threads that are leading to the next, the next issues coming up. So I kind of wish that one did this. But that being said, that's just a small complaint. I mean, everything else about it, I loved for again all the reasons that you guys said. So
1: yeah, this is well, also a very quick read.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it is. Like this, this is not like this wasn't like a 300 page, you know. They're, they're sorry about the wasting, dog
3: book <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> wasting your time on everything well no and it, it's fine but uh but this but it you know it it is a quick read i do wonder had it been one extra issue if there would have mm. had that kind of wrap up because they could have it, it just wasn't that long of a book that you know adding even one more issue wouldn't have added that much to it to finish that wrap up but I actually liked the way it ended it felt very like I just watched one season of a show Mm -hmm. and that's like how you see TV shows kind of like I just watched over the summer like Mm -hmm. everyone else and their mother uh, Stranger Things volume 4 which I loved shut up (laughs) and <laughs> well, at,
0: at Fanex, everyone was wearing Hellfire Club shirts, and I was like, "Is everyone back into X Men again?" And then Brian had to educate me what Hellfire Club was. So.
1: Oh yeah, no. <laughs> well, but it's like all of the Stranger Things seasons, right? There, there, mm-hmm. there. Feels like there's somewhat of an ending, like you had said, Adam. But then there's always this, like, you know, something's going on. But with the last season, this last season, there was no, like, you know, oh, everything's great, and then it's like, there, you know. Like they end on this, you gotta wait for next season to get like what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. So there's no, um so that kind of had that for me with this, where it was like, mm. okay, now I'm interested and I want to keep watching, so, so or mm-hmm. keep reading type of thing. Is
0: Stranger Things over now, or there still other- there's still another? There's one more season. Okay, so all I know, so I, I'm still on season two. I, I fell off in season two, and, and everyone says season three sucks, so I'm not really looking forward <gasps> to that.
1: No, I. Everyone tells season me season three, three. sucks. No. No, oh, season two was I loved season three and season four was fantastic. Yeah. The only um,
0: thing I know about except that- for the
1: stuff in Russia. But yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only thing I know about season four is the Hellfire Club now, and then I know the Master of Puppets that's been memed all over the place. So. Okay, yeah. Adam,
1: if anything, you need to get through to watch season four because Eddie will become one of your favorite characters. Well, doesn't he
0: like come ever. out or like it's it's hinted at that he's gay or something like that? No, one of them's gay. They've been they've
1: been yes, one hints, of yeah. them is well, but it's they actually if you go back and watch the first season, they've been hinting yeah. that Will is gay will, from the very beginning. So th- I mean, his father used to call him. Like, you know, gay and and all kinds of slurs and everything and whatnot when he was little. So like there's always been this underlying yeah. thing that he's probably gay. Um
0: Eddie's the older dude, right? Like Eddie is the Eddie's the, Eddie's the yeah. one
1: that 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 heads up the Hellfire Club. That's why everybody wears those shirts because Eddie is an awesome character. Okay. I
0: like I thought everyone was back into X-Men. And I was really excited about that. And then <laughs> I was told differently. So
1: yeah. sorry.
3: Oh, with the that
1: of Krikoa, so. so yeah. Yeah, so but that was why I think I didn't mind it not having this like ending cuz I saw it as like a very old school way that they used to end every television season because they mm-hmm. needed you to get excited about having to wait an entire summer before yeah. the next one would come out. So, um so that's why it just felt like it it did kind of read like it would be a really good TV show, mm-hmm. um, something that Netflix could do pretty easily and would could probably do a pretty good job with. So, yeah. Cool.
2: Uh, I think it's a good spot to uh, we'll jump into grades,
3: um, Mr. Todd. What is your grade? I really like this. I give it an A minus.
2: Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, a
0: minus as well. Just, I liked it a lot. I want to read more. Uh, just I personally wish I had a better ending. So.
2: Cool. Mademoiselle uh, Lena.
1: I'm gonna say A. I really liked it, and I will keep reading, which
3: for me is awesome. The highest. Yeah. Grade. Big. Yeah. 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 That's the really. I'll
1: read yeah.
2: the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to go with A minus as well. I, I like it a lot. Um, and I am planning on reading because luckily Todd bought a big <laughs> fucking volume of it. So he gave the individual to <laughs> me. So I have the next two volumes. So, later if you want to wait, you can read them when you're at my house next week. Oh, yeah. So, or,
1: I might yeah. do that.
2: So, anyway. But uh, yeah, so that'll do it for this week. Next week, we are reading Plunge, uh, which is um, deep sea creepiness in. Abandoned Wastelands, essentially. Yeah. It's yeah, it's by uh Joe Hill and uh Stuart emoen Emoin. Emonin. yeah. Eminin Emonen.
3: Emonen? Emonen. Emonen? Emonen. Emonen. Sure, let's he go that. Superman Secret Identity, he was the artist for. Which I loved. Yeah. So. A little bit different kind of genre. That one was more pastoral Yeah. But yeah, you did a great job here.
2: Yeah. So we will be doing that next week. Um, and then uh after that we will be doing Blossom Six Six Six, which is our yearly uh Archie horror book. Um, um. This one's by is that Colin Bun? Yep. Oh, I don't know the braga, but Colin Bun I like his work a lot. Mm-hmm. So like I saw Bun on the cover. I'm like, oh, is that the yeah? So we'll be reading that. Um, and yeah, then we have to figure out what we're gonna do the month after that. But um, thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you all later. Bye. Bye. Nothing.
3: Usually like, in and out didn't like like little- a little bottle rocket. <laughs> <laughs>